Welcome to Behind the Scenes with Brian, the podcast covering everything from engineering, mining, and mine waste management to whatever else may be on our minds. Pop in your headphones and don't forget to rate, subscribe, and share. And now, here is your host, Brian Ulrich. everyone, this is Brian. This is Behind the Scenes with Brian, and today I'm joined by Professor Henry Petrosky. Henry, how are you today? Oh, I'm fine. How are you? Yeah, really well. Thanks for joining me. And where where are you physically today? Well, I'm in Durham, North Carolina. That's where I live. Oh, very nice. Very nice. Uh, it feels like we're at the end of this pandemic that's disrupted so many lives for the past two plus years. Um, hopefully it hasn't been negatively affecting you or your your uh, work or your family too much. It's given me more time to work, actually. Yeah. <laughs> or to step inside more and, you know, not go to campus. So I've, uh, I've benefited from it in an ironic way. Yeah, for sure, for sure. For people who are uh, in the world of writing, I, I, I guess it can be a blessing in many ways. I, I hate to use that term, but, uh, yeah. but I've had something to do with my time, that's for sure. Yeah, great. So tell us a little bit about yourself, your background, your education. Well, I was born in uh, Brooklyn, New York. I grew up in Queens. Went to Manhattan College. Uh, studied engineering, uh, went on to graduate school at the University of Illinois, more engineering, <laughs> collected degrees in engineering, started teaching engineering at the University of Texas. Okay. And began to uh, <laughs> realize that here I had all these degrees in engineering and I'd actually worked as an engineer, uh, but I didn't uh, think I knew engineering, to tell you the truth. One of my neighbors came up to me and said, what is engineering? What is it that you guys do? And this was especially at a time when things were not going right. Airplanes were crashing. There were mm. chemical spills and all that kind of stuff that engineers were blamed for. Uh, I realized that I wasn't quite sure how to answer them. I didn't have a ready answer. Uh, I had been writing. I'd been writing. I started as a graduate student, really. And I worked my way up to writing op-ed pieces, uh, publishing them in the New York Times and elsewhere. Wow. Wow. So I, uh, I, I knew how to write. Uh, the question was, could I sustain a book-length manuscript as opposed to a 600-word op-ed piece? Yeah. Uh, well, one summer, uh, I didn't have a great deal of research going on. I sat down and began to write a book and found that... Uh, once I got the first few paragraphs going, it led me through the rest. One thing followed from another, and that book ended up being To Engineer is Human, uh, The Role of Failure in Successful Design. In the course of writing the book, I discovered, at least for myself, that the concept of failure, things going wrong, is central to understanding engineering. Uh, engineers, when they design something, they they don't want it to fail. Nobody wants their efforts to go wrong. So uh, you, you've got to think about failure if you want to succeed. You, you can't just put it out of your mind. You 
actually got to think about it. And when things do go wrong, whether through your fault or somebody else, you, you want to analyze it and find out what it is that went wrong. Because, yeah. You know, you don't want to make the same mistake twice. So that that became the gist of the book, and that launched me on a career of uh, doing failure analysis, thinking about failure, writing about failure, and uh, generally um, enjoying it and being invited to do things like podcasts and lectures. <laughs> yeah, no, it's it's very strange that as engineers and probably other fields, we don't learn a lot if there's not a failure. If there's a failure, we learn a lot. That's right. That's exactly right. And that's the kind of thing I write about, that uh, successes don't teach you anything other than that that particular design or that particular effort work. But you change one little thing, and then it might not work. So you can't build on success without being very cautious and anticipating how things can go wrong. Yeah. I I have a friend who told me that every good engineer has a failure in their career. And he said he was smart enough to get his out of the way right at the first. That's that's a smart, yeah, unfortunately. <laughs> they, they grow older and they get reputations and, uh, and their grand opus uh, ends up being a failure. And yeah. that's tragic. And there have been numerous examples like that. It's because uh, we, as people really and engineers are still people we we get full of ourselves we get overconfident we develop a hubris and it, it's a real shame but uh, that happened all too many times so you got to remain vigilant cautious into old age yeah yeah one one of the things i thought was really interesting in in your book the the one that i read and i've, I've got to put the rest of your books on my reading list but uh, design paradigms, case histories in uh, error and judgment in engineering. Uh, one of the things that I thought was really fascinating was just the whole conversation about scaling things up, but you put it in real simple terms. I think you had a, a bone, and let's just say it's a chicken's thigh bone, and we want to scale that up to something bigger. Well, you don't just multiply it by two or 10 or 100, you have to compare it to the same bone on a dinosaur, which is much, much thicker than you would have gotten if you just scale it up. So there's a lot of different lessons to be learned there that scaling up isn't just going yeah, times nature, 10. Yeah, nature has lessons for us if you just look. And there you can learn from success because generally speaking, nature has been successful. That's why bigger animals are in differently proportioned than smaller animals it's right right and you gave numerous examples of bridges that have been scaled up and have failed and you even gave a return period for bridge failures it's every 30 years there seems to be a significant bridge failure that's not my original idea i uh, i i learned from uh, other people too of course and uh, some in england uh, came up with that idea and what they did was study a large list of failures of bridges and fortunately there's a lot of uh, literature on that because uh, bridges are so oh, visible let's say and if right is that's uh, visible and it's news and it's going to be which gives us a good record 
Yeah, but one of the, the famous ones, because there's videos of it, is the one that we all call Galloping Gertie. I think it was in the Tacoma Narrows, is that? Tacoma Narrows. Over yeah, and, and it wasn't apparent to me until I read your book, why it felt, but once I read that, it was just completely obvious that its stiffness was not adequate. And when you think about it, it's like, that that's the most obvious thing when you see how wobbly that bridge is in the wind. Yeah. I think you're in retrospect. <laughs> yeah. And I, I think your book probably didn't mention it, but the bridge was a local um, landmark. And when it failed, the mayor came out and said that they're going to build the exact same bridge in the exact same valley. And it's like, okay, that's a really bad decision there. <laughs> yeah. And, but but that's also kind of what engineers do you know if they don't learn their lessons from the past then they're going to repeat them in the future that's right that's why you can't ignore them you really have to study them that's why yeah. there are uh, commissions and presidential committees and so forth to look into accidents like the challenger explosion and well this condominium that collapsed in florida last year and all those things it takes time sometimes it takes a year or so to come out with a report explaining what happened but uh, because you, it takes time to look into all the details and make sure you're not just coming up with an oversimplification of what happened yeah you know i read a few years ago and i can't remember the author but this guy said that he just finished writing his first book and he couldn't tell wait to tell his neighbor and his neighbor, who was also an author, said, that's great. Go out and start your next one today. <laughs> and that's, that's the way it goes. They, they, say, <laughs> they say that everybody has one good book in them, but you, you've uh, got a string of them. And they all seem to be very valuable. And probably not just engineers, but scientists and anybody that's interested in studying failure. Yes, uh, I, I have a pretty wide readership I've learned from the mail. Yeah, yeah. So, so where did you get the energy to start your second book? Uh, I enjoyed the first one, so doing the first one so much. Yeah. Uh, the second one, uh, I don't think I, my, my real second book, meaning one that had some ideas, new ideas and so forth in it, uh, that was about five years after I did my first one, so I okay. got into doing that. And I had a sabbatical coming up, and I was able uh. to get a fellowship to get the time to do it. Yeah, the they, the the one that I read, and I'm sure it's the same with all of your books. They they have to be an absolute labor of love, otherwise they become drudgery, and then they don't end up being interesting to the reader. So you can tell that you really love that process. Well, that's right. They have to remain interesting to me as I yeah. through them, revise them, and go through proofs and so forth. Yeah. Right. So through your writings and all the research that you've done there, what are some of the lessons that you can pass along to engineers? Well, as we've been talking about the importance of failure and really thinking. Yeah. And I would say, uh, as I... Uh, explain in that book, Design Paradigms, that you've described, uh, that doesn't mean just modern technology failures. That means going back really 2,000 years and more to know what happened back then. 
because what you were talking about earlier with the scaling up of bones and so forth, uh, that was something that uh, Galileo talked about centuries ago. For mm. And uh, other examples go back to Vitruvius, who, who wrote about architecture back in the Roman days, but back then architecture included engineering. And the word engineering is a relatively modern uh, word. And even he uh, is explaining that wrong and why they went wrong. And it's clear that he's trying to impart uh, knowledge that you don't get without observing this wrongness, if you will, of thinking, uh, inadequate thinking, uh, failure to foresee how what you're designing as an engineer is uh, going to behave. And uh, all this uh, study that I've done, uh, it's clear that the same mistakes keep getting made. And I argue that uh, in part, it's because we don't teach our students and therefore our engineers don't learn how important the history of engineering is. It's, it's very important to know these classic failures. Uh, you mentioned the Tacoma Narrows Bridge. Yeah. Everybody who's an engineer, or even if not, should understand that, as you say, it was the lack of stiffness that was so flexible that bridge. There were some engineers who warned about that exactly. Mm. Mm. They were not the kind of engineers that had the status that the designer did, and he basically outranked them and felt overconfident. Uh, other recent examples, of the um, uh, Challenger explosion, and it was 1986, uh, that was not strictly speaking failure only. It, obviously, so there were some engineering mechanical problems and issues with it, but the decision to launch uh, was what made that a failure. And the engineers who were closest to the technology advised against launching in the cold weather. And it was mm. the cold weather that, that brought the ship down. Yeah. Uh, managers of, of the uh, mission that, that overranked the engineers. Another very uh, recent, I say relatively recent, it's 50 years now, was the uh, Hyatt Regency Hotel walkways collapses. Yeah, Kansas City, is that right? City. Uh, yeah. I think it remains the largest uh, death toll of a structural failure in the United States. And the, uh, that was not a terrorist attack. Uh, right. Yeah. It wasn't yeah. a train that... Uh, kill the people in the uh, World Trade Center, but the terrorist planes flying into them. So, so these are very important. And the uh, example of the Hyatt Regency, for example, in Kansas City, the, the mistake was so simple. Uh, there was a technical detail about how you connect two things together. And I guess because it was so simple, uh, the engineers didn't look closely enough at it. But had they known their history, this is what I argue, is that uh, Galileo, again, he said, you change one little thing in a system and you've got to look at it afresh because one little thing introduces a new way that it can fail. And that's exactly what happened in the Kansas City. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. If I recall, there was kind of a last-minute change that caused one one member to have twice the 
tension on it than, than was designed. Exactly. But it, it didn't seem uh, that way unless you really thought about it. Well, just think about it. Yeah, but if yeah. you don't at all, <laughs> that's, that's the problem. And yeah. what I would argue is that if, if you do know uh, history, especially of these landmark failures, uh, that should immediately pop into your mind. It's just to say, boy, am I doing what happened there? Uh, even though it, it might not be identical. Uh, engineers are used to drawing analogies. They're used to thinking, well, this works this way. Something else is different, but it, it's like it. That's what modeling is all about, analogy. Yeah. So what courses do you teach at the university? Well, I'm uh, I'm retired now. I hired a few years ago. To oh, okay. So, right. Yeah. <laughs> oh, okay. Okay. What what did you teach at the introduction the engineering where I try to talk about this kind of thing because I think this is uh, so important to you know, convey to who are young people who are going to be engineers. Yeah. They take this uh, with them as they advance through the profession. I've uh, been encouraged to, to do this by people that are out in industry. They uh, uh, they often assign my books to their youngest engineers to make, make them uh, start thinking about this historical perspective, this failure concept, and so forth. So I was teaching that in structural engineering mm. early. Uh, I taught courses in well, what's technically known as fracture mechanics, how things break, why they break, uh, how you can predict when they're going to break, uh, structural engineering, uh, how things move, what forces do to uh, a body uh, structure, all things that are generally under the rubric of, uh, of, of structures and mechanics. Mechanics is the, probably the key unifying word. Yeah. Three is it. My PhD was in mechanics. Okay. Mechanics. Mm -hmm. Okay. Okay. Interesting. Interesting. So, what uh, what led you to the Carolinas from from being in the Midwest and uh, the Northeast? Uh, I was uh, and, and Texas, of course. I was at I was working at Argonne National Laboratory. That's a working on nuclear advanced nuclear reactor uh, oh. and, uh, that's a, it was a laboratory national laboratory run by the University of Chicago and uh, it uh, I, I was responsible for uh, analyzing the problems that might cause these reactors to fail and create havoc and uh Everything was going fine until Three Mile Island happened. Yeah, um, of course. And, uh, had severe budgetary implications for that kind of research. Basically, yeah. Uh, yeah. Was cut cut back severely. So, uh, my colleagues at the laboratory began leaving in droves. They were looking for jobs. Mm. I I didn't rush away, but I thought, well, maybe the handwriting's on the wall and I should explore. So I began to look for teaching jobs because uh, I had experience teaching, uh, more independence in teaching than uh, 
I had experienced in the lab. I actually had job offers that I didn't pursue because uh, yeah. for a variety of reasons. You want to find a good match. Duke University, I saw an ad. I, I knew nobody here. I knew nobody. I didn't know anything about the university at the time. This was, I would say, about 1980. Yeah. And uh, I answered the ad, sent my resume in, was invited to uh, interview, and I liked the people. I liked the people that I met, and I liked the offer they gave me, not not so much in money, because I was making more money as a research laboratory. Mm, yeah. The, uh, the freedom and the uh, intellectual uh, freedom I would, I would have being able to choose my topics, and I had it in the back of my head that I wanted to write some more because I had begun writing increasingly longer pieces while I was at the laboratory. Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah. One of the things I really enjoyed about design paradigms was that you had so many different topics in there that you talked about everywhere from uh, boats that were uh, uh, scaled up many um, hundreds of years ago and bridges and earth dams. And that's where most of my uh, audience would be is in earth dams. And you, you spoke a little bit about that, uh, but I, I just thought it was really interesting how you got so many different topics involved in the one book. Well, that's part of my, uh, I guess, philosophy, if, if, if I can use such a word. But, uh, I want to emphasize that uh, engineering is uh, really the same whether you're in dams or bridges or ships or, or, or whatever, these fundamental ideas of design um, uh, are the same. Design yeah. is design. You want to go from an idea to a thing. The, the process is very much similar, in, in my opinion, regardless of what you're, you're doing. So uh, the uh, idea of failure, knowing what failed and why it failed, if it's was a dam it might teach you something about what to look out for in a bridge design for example and i try to get that across in the book too yeah that makes me think of murphy's law which i think a lot of people misunderstand it says whatever can go wrong will go wrong it doesn't mean that the world is going to fall apart because it can it means if you design something to fail it's going to fail so if you design uh bridge without enough stiffness and it's in a windy canyon it's likely to fail so it doesn't it doesn't mean a good bridge and a good canyon is going to fail because nature can make it fail that's right but it, you almost go so far as to say that uh, failure is built into a bad design yeah yeah so what uh, I, I don't want to take up a lot of your day and I think we've already covered a lot of stuff but was there anything else you wanted to share with us uh, well, no, I, uh, I guess I should advertise that I have a new book coming out in, uh, I guess it's September. Oh, fantastic. It's away. Uh, the title of the book is Force, one title. And uh, I, as I mentioned earlier, I think about mechanics a lot. Everything I've done professionally is related to mechanics. So this is a book for the common reader, for the general reader. Not hmm. for the specialist, but the specialist should, you know, enjoy it too. I I hope uh, that's the way I write all of my books. Uh, I I want 
to reach as broad an audience as possible. And I, I think I have a little bit to show engineers as well as lay people. So this one's about force. And what kind of forces are uh, involved in simple activities like uh, walking, uh, opening a can of pickles that is uh, stuck, let's say, uh, difficult, uh, and uh, really all sorts of uh, little pieces like that. It's, it's very eclectic, a lot of examples, but the unifying principle is force. Uh, well, how do we touch something and make something happen when we touch it in the way that we do? So touch is a very important word in the book, feel. I want people to feel forces, feel the forces, and understand the nature of them. Okay, I'll, I'll be on the lookout for that one so I can be on the pre-order list there. Yeah, and uh, obviously I'm gonna be looking up the rest of your books as well. So, Professor, I, I appreciate you spending some time with us, and I wanted to ask you if you've got any pearls of wisdom or key takeaways that you could lay on us. Well, I guess it's don't make the same mistake twice. If you uh, err, don't uh, err a second time. Yeah. Yeah, no, that's uh, very, very good advice. Uh, you know, whatever it is about, uh, if you don't learn from the past, you're, and the, this expression is is uh, evading me, but yeah, it's the same thing you just said. Right, Santiana, you don't, those who don't remember the past are condemned to repeat it. Yeah, exactly. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Well, Professor, I appreciate it. I look forward to your next book and I look forward to catching up on your previous ones. Thank you. I and, hope. Uh, yeah. Thanks for spending some time with us. Sure. And yeah, I wish you all the best. You too. Bye bye. Bye bye. Well, that's it. I'm Brian, and this is Behind the Scenes with Brian. Until next time, keep on rockin'.